Hi, and welcome to the Movement Diaries, a no-holds-barred podcast where we'll unpack all things exercise and movement within the world of the no-pain, no-gain fitness culture. Hosted by me, movement coach Jordana Edelstein, we'll dive into why exercise has notoriously become all about self-punishment, fixing what's wrong with how your body looks, and burning off last night's pizza rather than simply feeling good and strong in your own skin. Let's have some honest, candid conversations about how to shift the all-or-nothing mindset around fitness and reclaim movement and exercise as a way to feel capable, confident, and empowered in your own body and mind. Ready to break the rules of exercise with me? Let's get started. Hey friends, back with episode 102. It's cool to be like saying that in the hundreds. And today, um, if you're listening to this, this is getting published on Monday, November 14th. So we are like really heading into like the holidays. Um, And so I wanted to spend some time talking about that today to give you some really actionable tips um, so you can feel supported coming into this season. Um, No matter what you're celebrating, um, you know, there's just always more stuff this time of year. Um, There's parties and there's family stuff and then there's the holidays and there's just more food around and there's food coming home from work and there's kids parties. There's just so much and it can feel really, really overwhelming. And I think a lot of us in the past are often like take the approach of like, you know what? Fuck it. Like why bother? I'm just going to eat whatever I want to eat. And we chalk it up to like enjoying ourselves except usually we end up stuffing ourselves and overeating, which is a really not enjoyment because we put kind of this deadline on it. We're like, okay, you know, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to get through New Year's. And then in January, like I'll just go on a diet or I'll do a cleanse or I'll do like one of these, some other extreme thing. And so knowing that that's coming, right? If we say, oh, I'm just going to enjoy myself, but knowing that there's an expiration date on that, that you're only allowed to air quote, enjoy yourself until January 1st at like 9 a.m. or let's call it January 2nd, right? Because you got to get in that that New Year's Day brunch. Um, And then knowing that there's going to be something coming where you're not going to be allowed to have any of this. You will start to overeat and and do it just because you have permission or just because you can or because it's the only time that you can. It's sort of like a, a more extended version of like a cheat day. It becomes like a cheat sort of six weeks. And these are, we know... These are not long-term solutions. They are short-term quick fixes to so that we don't have to like be uncomfortable and deal with all of like the really hard stuff that this, that these feelings around food bring up for us. So all that said, this time of year, I don't really believe is like the time to start something like totally brand new. And I say that like as a coach who does this and helps us with people for a living. And I have started working with people during this time of year. I think in general, though, it can be really, really tough because our nervous system likes safety. It is always seeking safety. And when I say your nervous system, yes, I mean like physically your brain and your spinal cord, but all of like kind of the intangible things, all of the emotions and the feelings that you feel, right, are kind of controlled by our nervous system. And through very complex systems that are way beyond sort of our conscious control, our bodies are designed to protect, to survive. And in order to do that, we need to feel safe, right? When we feel threatened, that's a problem. And feeling safe comes from doing what's familiar. And so it's already a tough time of year because we're 
Things are very out of routine with schedules and holidays and school breaks and work breaks and parties. There's food around that there's not normally around. So there's already a lot of kind of chaos and things that are off routine. So your nervous system is already experiencing that. It's already kind of feeling like that that threat and that lack of familiarity. So to put like a whole new thing on top of it around like the way you're going to change around food right now is a lot. And it's going to make it really, really hard to stick to. Now, on the flip side of that, it doesn't mean that we just like, again, do nothing or just say, screw it. Why bother doing anything? Right? Because nothing adds up to nothing. Zero plus zero plus zero plus zero equals zero. But 0.01 plus 0.01 plus 0.01 adds up to something over time. And that analogy is true of our behaviors. Doing nothing to help take care of ourselves and take action in a values-driven way adds up to nothing. Doing even the tiniest thing in the moment, even though it might not feel like anything, and you're saying, does this even count? When you do that small, tiny thing consistently, it adds up to something. And that's kind of the approach I want you to think about coming into the holidays. And that really can apply any time of year. It doesn't just have to be the holidays, but I think especially around the holidays, it can be really helpful. Um, and I had talked about a couple of a couple of tips around Halloween a few weeks ago, um, and they really were not specific to Halloween. They are really not even necessarily specific to holidays in general, but really more around when there's food and events and things happening that are outside of what we are normally accustomed to. And so I wanted to kind of talk through um, some of those ideas so that you have a resource and a way to kind of move through this kind of six to eight week season feeling like yourself. Not feeling like you have no control, not feeling like there's a deadline coming January 2nd where you have to start a new diet, not feeling like it's either all or nothing, like feeling like you have the ability to make choices. Um, And some of them, the first thing I'm going to talk about connects back to some of the really fundamental, really tangible kind of technical skills that we talk talk about around food. And this is about prioritizing protein and veggies at as many meals as you can. That is one really simple way that can be a game changer. Can you have protein and some kind of vegetable on your plate as often as possible? Not saying every meal and obviously breakfast, we're not usually eating vegetables, but lunches and dinners. And this can this can be bagged salad. This can be for lunch today. I had a, I cut up a bell pepper and I had tuna in the fridge that my mother-in-law had brought from a deli and I scooped the tuna onto the bell pepper and had it with some potato chips. That was my lunch, right? Raw vegetables count. It doesn't have to be like roasted with truffle oil or sauteed or braised or any of these fancy things. Raw veggies count just as much as cooked veggies. So do prepared vegetables from a deli or like from your like local prepared food store. As do frozen things and things put in the air fryer. It all counts as does a bag of salad dumped into a bowl. Um, So however often you can prioritize protein and veggies at meals, game changer, right? There's a lot of carby, fatty, heavy, rich foods this time of year, and it's all wonderful stuff. And we want to enjoy all of it. If we eat that stuff first and we're really hungry, we're going to be much more primed to overeat it. And that's when we start to feel really crappy. And that's when we start to feel out of control. And that's when we start to feel like we have no choice but to just say, screw it, I can't do this. And then just say, I'll deal with it in January, right? Prioritizing getting some kind of protein and vegetable on your plate as often as you can is a really simple way to 
feel like you are in control and feel like you are making choices that feel good for you. Um, try, here's an, another one. So kind of like moving on. Can you sit down and eat? Don't stand at your counter. Don't stand in front of an open pantry or an open fridge, eating in your car, eating in front of the TV, eating on the go. As often as you can, can you sit at a table and have your food on a plate? You probably are not as aware of this as um, as is like the reality of it. But when we are not sitting down and the food is not on a plate, we're not paying attention to what we're eating, right? Because we're in transit, whether we're in transit from like the pantry to the sink in our kitchen, or we're in transit across a room, like at a party or at a family holiday thing, or we're literally like eating food as we walk out the door. When you're doing something else while you're eating, you're not paying attention to what you're eating. The eating is the secondary thing. It's the afterthought. So again, in a time, and I know this is tough at parties and holiday stuff. I'm not saying that this is necessarily easy. And there are going to be times where it's just not going to be possible. So when it is possible, on the times when you are home alone or with your family eating a meal, sit down at the table, put your food on a plate. If you're at home and you're working from home and you're getting a snack, get the snack out of the cabinet or the fridge, put it on a plate or a napkin, right? At the parties and all that stuff, it's going to be harder. So do it when you can do it. Take the lowest hanging fruit and maximize that stuff. And then in the more challenging situations where it just doesn't feel possible right now because the skill is just not developed enough, totally fine, then okay. You're doing it in those other times. And again, 0.01, those other times count. Those somethings add up to a bigger something. Um, another skill tool, and you could take one of these, right? The end of this episode, I'm probably going to have around like four to five you know, kind of discrete skills I've talked about, you could take one of them and say, that's the thing that I'm going to work on. I'm going to think about for the next six to eight weeks. That's fine. It doesn't need to be all. Um, again, it's not all or nothing. You don't have to do everything or nothing. You can pick one and there's so much to dive into with just one. Um, so another one being before you go to eat, right? Cause there's so much extra stuff around right now that are seasonal things that we don't get to eat very often. So they feel really special and they feel limited. Um, and there feels some, it feels like there's some scarcity around some of those things and that's okay. Right? Like, so I'm Jewish. So we have latkes. We only make latkes at Hanukkah. We do usually make them a couple times during that like week or we Hanukkah's eight nights, but we'll sometimes make latkes outside of that. This year, I know for sure we're going to be making latkes twice and maybe three times but I have them. I know I'm not going to have them again for a year. And so it's normal to say like, I really want to enjoy this. And you may choose to eat more of that thing because you love it so much. That's okay. No, you don't want to end up like feeling really gross and like sick, but you might feel a little bit fuller than normal because you love this thing so much. And yeah, it's your only chance to have it for a year. Like, let's just like call a spade a spade. Like there's not like getting around stuff like that. Um, but you're doing it with intention and I'm kind of leading into this a little bit backwards, but the skill I'm talking about with this is that you're going to pause before you do it and you're going to make a thoughtful choice. So you're not just like shoveling latkes into your mouth just because they're sitting there on a giant tray in front of you or like walking by as your husband makes them. (laughs) I don't, I don't make latkes, but Danny makes the best latkes ever. And as he's making them and putting them in the tray, like we'll start picking. So we're not sitting, they're not on a napkin and you just like lose all attention. And it's like, oh, they're there. They're hot. They're crispy. I'm so excited. I haven't had them in a year. 
So in those situations, that's where we want to pause and say, do I really want this or am I just eating it because it's here? Right? There are some foods around this time of year that are so delicious we only get them once a year that no question, like I'm eating this and I might eat eat more of it in general than I would another time of year. This is how I feel about um, kugel. I talked about kugel a couple months ago when it was um, Rosh Hashanah. It's a very traditional um, Jewish dish and it's amazing with noodles and it sounds kind of gross, cream cheese and ricotta cheese, but it's all baked and it's like literally the best thing ever. Um, but there are other foods around that might be seasonal where you're like, I don't really care about that. But just because it has that scarcity around it, we feel like we have to eat it. Um, you know, like I know a lot of people make like Christmas cookies with their families and they'll make like lots of different kinds of Christmas cookies. I don't think that everyone likes every variety of Christmas cookie equally as the next. But it's like, oh, still, even if I don't like this one as much, it's still my only chance to have it, right? Those are the situations where you really want to be checking in and pausing and saying, do I really want this? Or am I eating it only because it's like an, my only opportunity or because, right, it's my only chance until a year from now? Um, pausing before you make a choice is huge. You can still make the choice. It's not about saying pausing and then saying, oh, I can't have that thing. It's pausing so that when you do have the thing, it's with intention and awareness and not on autopilot. That you don't look back 10 minutes later or 10 hours later and say, oh my God, like I felt like I was out of control. I didn't even realize how many I was eating. I was just stuffed. And before I knew it, like the plate was empty and I felt gross. Right? You want to look back and say, those cookies were so good and I enjoyed every single one. And yeah, it was really full, but like it was totally worth it. Um, and worth it because of how delicious it was. Right. So thinking about how you can pause before you pick up a piece of food and put it in your mouth. Um, and then when it comes to like leftovers, right, this is like it's like the leftover dance. I'm not bringing it home. I can't have that in my house. Well, I can't keep it here. So you have to take it. Right. It's like the who's going to pay at dinner thing. It's like who's going to take the leftovers. And the fact that this happens in like every situation. And I think everyone who's listening to this is like nodding and smiling because you know exactly what I'm talking about is evidence of like how systemic this is that we are all so terrified of having certain foods in our house because we don't know how to like handle it. That we are convinced that we are just the type of people who are going to overeat them. We're going to eat it all. We don't know how to either throw it away if we don't want it, right? Because we feel guilty or um, not eat all of it, not binge on it. And there are a lot of skills around this. But I will tell you that this time of year is probably not the best time to start learning those skills. Because going back to what I said at the beginning of the episode, there's already just too much unfamiliar non-routine stuff that to add in a really big shift around like how to deal with this may not sink in and be as effective as we want it to be. So all that said, if you feel like you need to just get certain foods out of the house, that is okay. Right, long term, big picture. When we look at our at the six months, a year, two years, five years, that's a skill we want to work on. So that maybe like a year from now, next holiday season, you've already addressed that skill. But right now, if that's a struggle for you and this is brand new to you, throw the stuff out, send it away with someone. If you don't want to throw it out, get it out of the house with someone else. And if they throw it away, they throw it away. Right. And I know that brings up a lot of feelings around like wasting food and all that. That's a separate episode for a separate day. But don't feel like you have to like take the food and then figure out what to do with it. If you know that it's going to be too much 
and it's going to take up so much of your mental energy and create too much stress for you to have that food around, just get rid of it. It is okay. Um, And then kind of the last part of this, which is sort of related to that, is that at some point over the next six to eight weeks, like you are going to end up overeating. It's, I mean, look, it's not guaranteed, but it's pretty likely. We're working towards a place where when we overeat, it's happening by choice, right? Because this food is so delicious or it's, you know, I'm not going to be able to have this for another year. So it feels worth it to me to have some extra, right? It's done with thoughtfulness and, and intention and attention, But there's going to be times because we're human where it's going to be unconscious and it's going to happen and we're going to look back after and be like, oh shit. And when that happens, we tend to really like identify with that. Like I just just did it again. That's what I always do. This is why I can't have this in the house. I knew this was going to happen. You know, all that stuff we say to ourselves that makes it, it's not about the behavior. It's about our identity. And we make that behavior part of our identity. And I know there's a lot of like philosophy out there and um, uh, um, I'm blanking on his name, but the guy who wrote Atomic Habits talks about how making behaviors as part of our identity is a way to kind of shift our behaviors. But there's a lot of nuance to that. And there's there's definitely a flip kind of like negative side to that. You are not like how you eat, right? Um, we have to separate who we are from the behaviors that we do. This is super, super important. And again, not something that we need to like figure out in the big picture, like right now. But what you can do is when you catch yourself saying those things, I did it again. I knew I couldn't have this around. I always do this. That's a story that you have created based on your past behaviors, because you have done things like that in the past, but that doesn't mean that's the only thing that you're capable of. We do these things and we have these behaviors because we don't have the skills to do anything else. We've never learned the skills. We've never been taught the skills. A lot of us don't even know that those skills exist. That's, I think, why it gets so ingrained in our identity. We just don't even, we don't know what we don't know. So we just think that this is like the only way. The sky is blue. I had leftover latkes in the house. I'm going to eat them all in one sitting. We just accept it as fact. It is not fact right? These are changeable, adaptable qualities about ourselves. Again, these six to eight weeks are probably not the right time to start heavily diving into that. But when these things do inevitably happen, say to yourself, this is a story. This is not the truth of who I am. I am doing this because I just haven't learned the skills yet to do something differently. This is, that's like a game changer. Just in the moment, that's That's part of an act of self-compassion, right? Not saying, oh, I love myself and it's okay, but acknowledging like where this stuff comes from and then knowing that there is action you can take, right? We don't have to necessarily take it right now. The only action you need to take is kind of saying this to yourself, acknowledging those thoughts and then how you respond to those thoughts, right? So instead of allowing yourself to kind of spiral and drown and then say, oh, like it's Thanksgiving, I just ate all the pumpkin pie with a spoon and, and a tub of cool of standing at my kitchen counter, So I'm just not going to have dessert again until Christmas, right? That's probably not a realistic strategy. Instead, saying to yourself, okay, I know why I did this. I don't have the skills yet to do anything differently. This does not like define me as a person. Um, This is not about like what my capacity is. This is just, I don't have the skills yet. 
Um, and there's there's just a lot of opportunity there for a shift without feeling like you have to change some behavior or some habit just for noticing the way you talk to yourself. Um, so this is really what, what I wanted to share. And these skills are not just for the holidays. I think right now they're really, really helpful, but they're things that we can use and incorporate all of the time. But I want you to walk into this season like feeling prepared. Um, and if you're someone who has always struggled with this time of year, to know that like that's not your fate, right? That's not your destiny. That's not your identity, right? It's just because you haven't had the tools. And now you have maybe a couple of new tools. Choose one of these things that I've listed off. Um, just to recap, talking about um, prioritizing protein and veggies at as many meals as you can. Uh, number two, sitting down, putting your food on a plate as often as you can. Number three, pausing and checking in before you autopilot grab food and put it in your mouth. Number four, giving yourself permission to get food out of the house if it's going to create a ton of stress for you. It's not worth it. You have more important things in your life right now than to devote mental energy to that. And number five, noticing if and when you do overeat, notice the story that you tell yourself and remember that this is not your identity. It's just that you haven't learned the skills yet and you are capable of learning those skills because you're capable of learning anything. Um, so reach out if you need support, send me a DM, send me an email. I am truly, truly always here. I love hearing from you guys. I forgot to mention this at the top of the podcast, but I have a freebie right now. It's called Nourishing Notes, and it's very much in line with what I've just talked about. It's 30 days of super, super short daily morning emails. So you'll come right to your inbox with kind of little nuggets of support, support and connection around eating, food, body image, exercise, so that you can basically move through this season feeling like yourself and not feeling like your only option is to like do a juice cleanse starting January 3rd. Um, so there's going to be a link in the show notes to sign up for that. And um, thank you guys for being here. Thank you for listening and more next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Movement Diaries. If you love this episode or are enjoying this podcast, I'd be so grateful if you left a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you want more information or want to learn more about me, or anything I offer, you can check me out on Instagram. My handle is just my first name and my last name, Jordana Adelstein. Website is the same thing. I have lots of free classes and tutorials, and I'm always sharing. I'm on Instagram pretty much every day, sharing what's going on in my life and how to make movement and exercise a more joyful part of your routine. Again, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day.